Welcome to Terminal Talk, a podcast on mainframe and mainframe-related topics. And today we have somebody who I've known since I was a very, very, very young person. So here is somebody finally on the show who is older than me. Wow. Gee, thanks. <laughs> we have I wonder her- why we have trouble getting guests. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> And so uh, we have Harry Williams, CTO at Maris College and president of SHARE. Thank you. I appreciate that. So We've never had a president in here before, have we? I know. We've we, we, we got to learn respect or something. We've got to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> can't even get the poor guy some water. <laughs> Man, you can't get one bottle of water and you're branded for life. I yeah, you had one job. <laughs> so let's start... Um, I have no idea where to start. Let's start with Share. What what is Share? Um, Share is a basically it's a user group. It's a group of of companies that have come together. They're enterprise related companies interested in um, basically the Z platform. So it's it's the go to place if you want ZVM or Z um, ZOS or Z Linux training. Chance cool. to to interact with others that are doing the same thing. I mean, I think actually the, the networking of, of people in the hallways is probably even more important right. than what goes on in the sessions. Yeah, I would definitely uh, agree with that. We've had a couple of people on um, in the past, and they talked a little bit about that. But I, I was never clear. I don't think we clearly came out and said, here's what share is and why it's such a big deal, at least for mainframers. Right. And I always thought it was kind of interesting is if you if you look at the uh, the share website, it doesn't scream anywhere like this is all about mainframe. It's it's it is an IT conference. It, it is an IT conference. I mean, it, it's we do specialize in in Z and Z related things, but we do have other things that are outside of that too. Right. So you know, it's 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 a breadth of knowledge on different things. Certainly, uh, yeah, and, and back to the uh, the hallway things. Whenever someone says, "You know what I learned at Share," you you know, that's always like, "Oh, what, what session was that?" And it wasn't a session; <laughs> it was lunch. <laughs> it was at lunch, dinner. I was talking to this guy. Yeah. And it was really cool. They put on a great hallway session this time. <laughs> there used to be a session, and Harry will remember this, called Skids. That's true. Several conversations in diverse subjects. That's yeah. one acronym that we love. <laughs> Your acronyms, <laughs> yeah. But but the thing about that was is it was a big room and everybody talked and everybody had a chance. It was to talk. a chance to sit there and spend a couple of hours having a nice relaxing time with um, adult beverages and <laughs> um, it, it was a chance to find people that were doing some of the same things you were and ask questions and and really bond with others and develop that relationship the networking. Yeah, and I've noticed over the past uh, couple of years that the demographic it shares seems to be getting younger. It is. It is. Um, I mean, it's a conscious effort. You know, we have the Z Next Gen, which is designed for people that are recent grads or changing job descriptions. Um, and so there is a concentrated effort to try to attract and, and retain the, the younger people. And I think that's really important because we're we're trying to to get people who are new to the platform to understand what they can do and and do that without feeling that they have to learn everything there is to know in order to be useful. That's that's true, and it's a chance for them to actually meet some people and work with others that have the experience. You know, one of the things I find is, you know, those that have been doing it for 30 years do want to share that knowledge. They want to find somebody they can pass it on to and help mold them as they grow. And so there's a good opportunity for them there, too. 
I'd like to kind of switch gears and talk a little bit about the work that you do at Marist, right? Okay. Uh, so you've been doing mainframe stuff at Marist for a um, considerable amount of time. Yes, I have been. Um, we've been doing mainframes uh, back back into when I first met Frank when, when he was a kid. <laughs> uh, we were we actually started um, on a mainframe at Cornell University's Medical Center down in, in New York City. Uh, we rented time on their machine as a time-sharing system. Um, and then we got transitioned up to the main campus in Cornell. And then after that, Marist decided to, to buy their own mainframe. We bought a 370-135 um, with a whole half a megabyte of memory. Wow. <laughs> Um, that was a big deal at the time. Oh, I, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, and, I mean, I forget how much was that, that next half megabyte we bought, but it was a significant investment. <laughs> it wasn't something you put on your credit card. <laughs> um, and we did, we did that, and um, we brought some people on to, to actually buy some of our time, and we did that for several years. Um, learned to deal with customer support and providing lots of different things on the mainframe. Um, did 1401 emulation. <laughs> what is 1401 emulation? 1401 emulation is emulating okay. a, an IBM 1401 computer. Okay. Um, we had actually run some things on a 1401 before we got the uh, the 370. And so this was a, a, a program and a, and a set of microcodes that actually emulated the instructions on the 1401. So the first use case for mainframe at Marist was partially subsidized by the fact that you could – uh, bring in business on absolutely wow um, and 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 mainframe has been at Marist for a long time and I, I believe at this point late seventies yeah it's it's kind of, it's ingrained <laughs> into the DNA of the campus you know it's it's almost like the uh, if if you look closely the the I in Marist is actually a Z fourteen uh, ZR one it's like the 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 you know the desk lamp in Pixar <laughs> it, it absolutely it's it's it is one of the things I mean. Long ago, we started making sure that technology itself, not just, you know, mainframes, but across the board, was involved in all of our courses. Yeah. You know, one of the first um, projects that I worked on was a, a a program for college writing where we actually, on the mainframe, had had college students writing in on ZVM in XEdit using a program called Epistle to do spell checking and to do grammar checking and stuff like that, well before Microsoft ever thought about Microsoft Word. Oh, yeah. Wasn't quite WYSIWYG, though, was it? Well, it, it, it was. You get what you wrote. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, it wasn't. When did Music B come in? Oh, geez. Um, that would have been. We, we ran Music, which McGill University operating system, since, since the late 70s. We ran that for quite a long time. Uh-huh. And then as the college grew, I mean, you know, when, when I graduated, the college was a size, and we're actually about triple or quadruple that size now. Um, and so we actually then split out a, an administrative system and, and a um, student system for Music B. God, you're, you're, you're really taxing my memory now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it just you, you think about, like, one of the, the bedrocks of mainframe is scalability. If you do the fundamentals right, you'll be able to scale I, it. Absolutely. You know, in fact – you know, we're actually starting back to that model now. We're actually hosting on our, our mainframe several other universities. Um, they're small, but, but we're actually doing their administrative systems, their ERP, oh, wow. right in our system. So we're back to the, what we started. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we call it shared services now, but it's it's the same model of putting multiple virtual machines on on ZVM, running multiple. Yeah, <laughs> what goes around comes around. Funny that. Yeah. <laughs> so, what what kind of applications does uh, a university you know run on on their systems? Well, I mean, the, all the traditional things you would expect. We do registration. We do billing. We do general ledger. We do. Um, Grades and all those fun things. So all all that everything that's required to run the university is is has some component of on our our um, BC twelve right now. And is that homegrown software? No, that's actually a um, a commercial package from a company called Evolution. Um, they now s- support an environment up on the on the Z platform, hmm. but of course, you know, we did it actually prior to them supporting it. <laughs> um, we have this little habit of you know that's where we want to run it. We're going to run it there. <laughs> You don't want to support it there? Well, we'll go ahead and do it. <laughs> um, so if I wanted to start Jeff's University, you know, I could I could get that software and ab- do that. And absolutely. If someone wanted to pay for that, they could do it. They got a loan through Jeff's bank. Jeff's yes. bank? Yes. <laughs> this is going to be a theme. Yeah, yes. obviously. Stay tuned. So um, uh, this is a – for me, it's a big deal because I am where I am today because of you, Harry. I, I've heard um, you blame me for that before. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, that I got my start in mainframes really because of stuff, projects that you gave me and, and work. So over the last, let's say, 30 years, um, you've been... 50. You've been... I'll just make a note for myself <laughs> later when I edit. <laughs> Go on. Uh, you've been kind of mentoring um, young people into mainframe, right? Absolutely. So, um, first of all, what what do you look for to get new people onto the platform? Um, we look for a couple of things. One is is somebody that's interested and inquisitive. You know, they they got to want to try to do this. You can't force anybody to do any of these things, um, and and they got to be open to new ideas. You know, one of the things that, that we often work with and some of our new developers is like, well, they want to do certain this way. Well, okay, we'll show you why that's not going to work. You know, the, 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 the concepts that you need to understand apply across different platforms. It really doesn't matter. Right. You know, and so open to being, being shown some new ideas and things, um, willingness to, to try things. And, and I, I know what you were stuck with all those years ago. Has it? Um, have you noticed a change in in new people um, coming into uh, the mainframe environment? Remember when we started? It wasn't like you had a choice, right? There, there was, yeah, when, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we started a long time ago, X. 30-some years ago. Yeah, yeah. we're going with 30. <laughs> we'll agree on 30, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say the interesting thing part of it is, is some students really are starting to, to look at and be more open to more ideas. You know, it's uh, it's amazing. You can show them, well, you can do this on a mainframe and show them, you know, the, the Linux shell or the, the um, and, and they're just amazed that, Wow, that's the thing that that I heard was all green screens and stuff like that, and that's all there is. And we show no, you can, you can do all the t- same tools that you're used to, and, th- and that's one of the things I think is they've gotten used to certain tools, and they want to use those tools in the, whatever environment they're developing in. 
and so yeah we're we're doing heavily right now on git and other things and um you know i i am an old guy so i still like my green sheet and i still play <laughs> with it quite a bit but it having the new abilities and the new tools and showing them that they, they can do whatever they're used to there and you get the power and, and the the flexibility that they get on the mainframe it really intrigues them and they become very excited about it and you've really um, kind of brought the whole Linux concept <laughs> into into Marist, right? I mean, uh, yes. So, yeah. uh, what was that like bringing bringing that in? Well, it, it was interesting. It's, I mean, you alluded to earlier. You know, we looked at trying to do things on on the mainframe first, and you know, we were looking at around at the time, and and. Um, you know, we knew that for our computer science program, we need to do more Unix-like stuff. And so we looked at what are the options. And this was before there was a, a port of Linux. And then it was in the early days of, of what, whatever open edition, whatever name it was called, called in those days. Right. <laughs> open edition, MVSOE. Um, and so, you know, we looked at – we've been playing, playing around with Linux. We did some Linux on Intel. And we said, well, this is portable. What's it going to take to get it up on the mainframe? And so we had been working on some skunk works and stuff to do that. And then we had some, some calls from some people down here that said, we have this thing you might want to look <laughs> at. Um, and so we played around with it, and we put it up um, and made people made available for download for people. And uh, that started the ball rolling. Um, we knew because we had, you know, ZVM with Linux on it. You know, we had the option of doing lots of things. And so we went over to the School of Computer Science and said, here, let me show you this. Let me show you what's available. And, you know, we had a, had a professor there that was really interested in it. And so we actually started where students would get up to three, five virtual machines of all Linux. They would use it in a course. Usually it was the, the web development one class. And the nice thing was it became a portfolio, so they went they went to web development two class. The professor knew they had already done this work, and they could build upon that work to actually start their second semester, and they started the farther ahead. And so we did more of that and did spread it across. Um, you know, during some of that, we were up to six or 700 virtual machines of student stuff um, doing whatever they wanted to. They kept it for their, their entire career there. Um, and as I showed people, I was like, I couldn't even come close to buying the hardware to do this on another platform. Right. You know, I mean, that's that's the amazing thing is given the power. You know, I was standing in a – watching a lecture from another university about, you know, what they did for their ERP. And they were a much smaller school than us. And they had this Dell hardware and they had all these – they had add all these extra, you know, disk controllers and they added this and that. And I'm like – why am I going to build all that right. when I can buy a Z that has all that? And then they talked about their redundant architecture, and then they gave me a price tag of what they they built, and then I go, I spent less than that on my Z, and I get more out of it than what you're getting. And that's the thing is is the architecture allows that flexibility. The price point is actually very reasonable. And, you know, convincing people that are – they've already invested heavily in that architecture <laughs> to change is sometimes difficult. But the nice thing about the students are – they're not invested in that. They're open to, to all these new ideas, and they see the power and the, the intrigue of going ahead and doing these things. Well, I, I always think about – and you talk about businesses, and they say, oh, we're, we're on target to grow 20 percent this year. 
And as, as like an investor or anybody you know outside of IT, you're thinking, "Yay, hooray, fantastic!" <laughs> Anyone who actually runs the systems, but are you know, which might be at or near capacity, you're thinking, "Oh no, how am I going to eat twenty more percent?" And but if you've done the fundamentals right, like you have on the system, or Marist has kind of planned, you get to you know, if if the president says we're going to get twenty percent more students this this semester, he's like. Okay, well, yeah. we might need to turn on another core Absolutely. or something like that. Absolutely, <laughs> and it's been that way for a while. We've been able to to grow when we needed to to do what the pieces we need to do. So, um, you mentioned you're working with uh, another university. It's kind of similar. Are 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 is there are there other universities or colleges or educational institutions that are um, on a similar track as Marist is in terms of mainframe? Um, there there are some. Um, not to the degree that we have. I mean, it it's really is embedded in our DNA right now. Right. It's, you know, even my boss says, I want it there first before you go try it somewhere else. So um, it it really is, in that sense, unique that, that we try things there first. I, I see you, you get along with everybody at Share. Is there any other industry that kind of closely mirrors what you do? Um. No, it, it, higher ed is is unique in a lot of ways. Um, it it's I, I talk about it and, and and people are shocked. It in many ways it's one of the more regulated industries there is in the country. Huh. Um, you know the the whole privacy thing. You know it, the 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 governing thing for for student privacy is called the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act that dates back to the nineteen seventies. Um, you know, we can't even acknowledge that a student exists, much less um, who they are and what they're doing. And you have to do this on the scale of thousands. And you have to do the scale on thousands. <laughs> so, you know, some of those concepts that are now coming to other businesses, we've had to live with for a while. You know, you look at, you know, in terms of the FTC, you know, financial aid offices are considered a bank, and we have to to treat all this, the records about student financial aid stuff as just as seriously as, as they do for for banking. Um, so, you know, across the way, there's all sorts of regulations that you wouldn't expect to apply in higher ed do. So, uh, Once again, you're ahead of the curve. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, are you guys looking at the pervasive encryption stuff, and do you think that, that fits? or? Um, I don't have a box today on my floor that is capable of pervasive encryption, but I am actually looking at a box <laughs> to do that. Um it, it's trying to figure out where it fits into our scale. I mean, I I, I, I drool at some of the things I see in pervasive <laughs> encryption. Um, I, I think the ability to do the, that encryption and, and the part that impresses me the whole the most really is is the whole key management structure that's built into it, and and that's the part that I'm really looking at is how can we start to do that. Um, you know, encryption is is something that we're starting to scale up now. You know, and so. It, those are real concerns we have. Yeah, and that's, you know, you, you really kind of nailed it to me because, you know, encryption without good key management is just ransomware, right? So, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, it'd be interesting since you kind of are at the leading edge of a lot of this stuff, um, looking at how you put it together. Maybe we can have you come back once you've done that and talk a little bit Ab about it. Absolutely. Always willing to talk about what we do. <laughs> Can you can you give us an idea? Just uh, obviously privacy and all that stuff, mm -hmm. but like an idea for like the scale of like uh, it just went through my mind when you're talking about pervasive encryption, and you must have a ton of virtual images. Uh, um, 
We we do, and and I mean, some of them are not you know Marist related. I think the last. You know, we we do, we do all platforms. You know, yeah. we do the X series, we do the P, system P or whatever their name is this year, um, and we do Z power power, power nine. <laughs> um, so I want to keep my job. <laughs> you know, I, I have problems keeping track. I mean, I'm getting old. You know, my memory's going. Just say this thing, that thing, the other thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, we're we're up into the. It 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 it's tough for me to say how many are specifically Marist related because we do other schools and we're starting to grow that, and we just sort of mix them in as as necessary. More than you want to think about is what more, I'm getting. More than you want to think. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's several <laughs> hundreds, if not a thousand of. Them. Okay, there you go. So. Yeah, that works for me. <laughs> so, and there was a time uh, back in my youth. That you guys supported uh, other outside organizations as well, right? We were, we were supporting Strang Clinic when I was there. We did. Uh, that was a long time ago. They they have since left on to their own set of stuff. Um, it, it it's been interesting, you know, back back in the day in terms of looking at the different industries we did support. Um, in in terms of of that sort of thing, it, we are doing some more things in that arena, some of which I can't talk about right now. Right, but but so the, the the kind of point is that we we've you've got an environment that not only supports the college but provides a business opportunity um, to other colleges and even beyond. College. Well, absolutely, absolutely. You know, we're we're we've worked with um, a networking provider in terms of some of their basic um, security appliances. Um, we're doing some things. We're, we're experimenting with some stuff on blockchain to do some security related for networking. Um, you know, one of the things that we've grown is we actually have the ability to do an incubator type like thing. So we actually put faculty and students and staff to help support some of these things. Um, there's a medical provider we're working with right now to do some stuff um, for for cardiac stuff. It's probably important to you. It is. It is. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I did spend some time, and I have, um, <laughs> yeah, I have my own issues. But, as somebody says, yeah, I don't have a heart. Well, no, actually, the doctor says I do. do. <laughs> it may not be working, Top, but it's it's there. Um, so it, it, it's interesting, and, and you know, we, we provide other things besides. You know, we do some nonprofit stuff too. So there's there's a local um, local residential day school that in the area that we're doing some work with um you know i the whole list gets gets i don't you know my <laughs> mind is my memory is going to remember <laughs> so the, the the you're doing a lot for the college you're doing a lot for a lot of other businesses how do you keep up with doing new how do you keep always being on the leading edge what What's the process? Well, well I, I mean, I spend time reading a lot of things, you know, read some trade journals and stuff. Um, I listen to Terminal Talk. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> Which is really valuable, <laughs> right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I go to Share. I mean, I blame Share for, for my career at, at Marist. It, it gave mm -hmm. me the opportunity to do lots and understand a lot of different things. And as I said before, it's actually 
more importantly, not just the content, but also the 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 networking of people, and and the, the be able to pick up the phone and call someone and say, or in this day and age, send them an email <laughs> <laughs> or a text, VM tell, yeah, VM yeah. <laughs> tell, yeah. So I mean, there's there's all sorts of growth there, and I mean, you, we we talked a little bit about the higher ed industry. I mean, one of the things about it is. Even though there's some competition between schools, there is a much more cooperation on a lot of things. And so, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, you know, as I, just before I came over here, I was talking to somebody down at, at City University of New York about some stuff down there. So it's not an uncommon thing to, to share things with our schools. Those guys at Vassar are still jerks, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Moving right along. Yeah. <laughs> you guys were also the first – group to really push the MOOC idea, right? We did. Uh, we, we've had a couple of different MOOCs. Um, we were early adopters in some of that. Um, I don't think they're doing a MOOC right now, but they've done a c- couple of different things over the years. Um, I mean, the, the School of Computer Science has a um, an intro to ZOS that they, they offered as partially as a, as a MOOC, so basically a chance to do that. Um, I believe it's still open that if people were interested in doing that, just giving people a chance to get a, a taste of it. So I'm wondering if we can put a link uh, to signing up for that. In, if in I, our, I, I will try to, you know, when I drive back to my office, I'll try to remember that. <laughs> we, we, there's this uh, technology called email. We okay. can send you an email. And, that would be good. Uh, remind you, right? So Share is coming up. Uh, yeah, quick plug. Uh, Share is coming up August 12th through the 17th. It is, absolutely. In St. Louis. In beautiful St. Louis. St. Louis. It's yeah. our first time in St. Louis. We're excited. There's oh, a lot nice. of good things going on there. The Cardinals are in town, <laughs> and I'm a big baseball fan. There you go. So um, so we all get to go to the game. That's included in the... No, it's no, not. No, but it's but not. There, there, right. there is a lot of things going on. And in fact, our, our Sunday night reception will be over in what's called Ballpark Village. Oh, nice. So it should be an exciting time. Yeah, I've only doing three sessions this time, so I may actually be able to do something there. That'd be fun. I uh, I just signed up today, last day to get the discount, which yeah. does nothing for the people listening to this yeah. on Monday. <laughs> thanks, thanks for ruining it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you get for not getting there early. Right. Exactly. It's not like they don't send you enough emails. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Are you saying something? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, we do not call it spam. We no. do not. No. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, do, I'm doing some talks on uh, machine learning and uh, deep neural well, that networks. Should be ex- that should be exciting. I hope so. I yeah. hope so. Um, yeah, I had a bunch of abstracts that I didn't get in on time. I'm I'm a little upset. That's why you're only doing. three. Well, you know what? That's why I'm only doing three. In six months, we're going to have another one in Phoenix. Yeah, I know, and and and. So it's and, pr- and, it's and probably- the call the call the papers will open as soon as we finish with St. Louis. So. I know. I, I I know when the call is. I just I missed it. You, I guess. you think you'd figure this pattern out by now? Yeah. How many years has it been? <laughs> I should know by now. Yeah, his so. number's going too. <laughs> but you know, uh, especially those of us who are in the Northeast, by February in Phoenix is a really good idea. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> mm. It's dry hot. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'll take it over over watery cold any day. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, I have a bunch of sessions, uh, and they're going to be actually user sessions, not just an IBM we're talking. Which well, and that's one of the nice things about Share is that we actually get real end users to do some talks on that. So. Which I think is a lot better because uh, it's one thing if a vendor says something. It's different when uh, somebody who's been using it says, look, I use this, 
it works really good for this. So watch out for these things. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> and sometimes that vendor is a large multinational. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, given the choice, I'll always rather hear the. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and there have been some really good ones. I love uh, when when Brian Peterson does it because he's got that midwestern. I won't say anything really bad, but if you read between the lines, I was not happy with this. <laughs> so items one, two, four, and five are very, very nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brian has a nice, understated way of saying things. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, shout out to Brian if he actually listens to the podcast. Yeah. So. Um, so he, he, I know he does because he he referenced the podcast in a PMR that he opened. <laughs> oh, that's cool! Yeah, that's he goes. Cool. I know this should work because I heard about it in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that explains some of the angry uh, emails I've been getting. Yeah, okay. de- development isn't talking to us yeah. anymore. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly you can uh, lose friends. Yep. If you had them in the first place. Anyway, so uh, well, we're we're actually at the bottom of the hour here. So um, I really want to thank you. Not um, a problem. Not only for coming and talking all the way over here. Yeah, yeah, from yeah, way it, down the street. Yeah, but um, more importantly, that you came here and told no, uh, what Frank stupid things Frank did uh, back in Marist. Uh, so I, I really appreciate that. I'm saving them for next time. Uh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, without further ado, Old Man Charlie, run us out. You've been listening to Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. For questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at TerminalTalk.net. That's contact at TerminalTalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence, signing off.